This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's going on, Digital Wildcatters? Got a fun episode today. Got my boys, Justin and Ryan from J Energy. Not to be confused as Jai Energy, it is J Energy. Just for anyone out there that is mispronouncing it, definitely wasn't me saying Jai Energy. <laughs> so really, uh, you know, fun topic on Bitcoin mining. And what I like about you guys, you know, that's kind of how I introduce y'all is that anyone that talks about Bitcoin mining today really takes it from like the ESG angle with flare mitigation. But what I like about you guys was oil and gas background. You guys came from the oil and gas industry. You saw an opportunity. Um, you know, I don't know if the right word is arbitrage, but just saw a new way to unlock more value from natural gas than just putting it into a pipeline. So I think that we're going to have a really interesting conversation today. So first, tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about y'all's background. I know, you know, PE backed operator. Let's talk a little bit about that and kind of how you guys came together and converged on this idea of Bitcoin mining. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I will play off each other during the whole thing. <laughs> all right. So, um, I typically jump in and interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> it's all right. I've been married like 18 years. So I'm used to it. Don't, don't worry about that. I hope my wife doesn't listen to this, but, um, yeah, so we were at Century Oil and Gas, which is a private equity backed company. We were focused on the PRB up in Wyoming. And it was kind of eastern, eastern part of the play, really trying to step out and prove up the basin. And um, so we we had drilled an exploratory well in 2018, and we were running out of our kind of flaring allowance that we were allowed up there in Wyoming. They have some fairly strict uh, flaring regulations. And so uh, looking for options of what to do so we can continue to produce oil really the only thing that made sense from an economic standpoint because of the cost to put a pipeline in we were getting some very high quotes and they were wanting us to pay quite a bit of money on a per mcf basis and keep the liquid so it really was just it became completely uneconomic and uh so the only option we really could come up with was a bitcoin mine putting it on the location there and there had been one other operator in wyoming that had done that already so we were the second group to do so at least to our knowledge and um so we we got that going we put it out there and then just over time ryan and i were just looking things over and you can kind of back calculate what things would be on a larger scale and we just kind of went together and thought about this and said why why, what are we doing there's a huge (laughs) arbitrage on this hash price and like we can generate some serious income and so uh, we decided to start pursuing it and uh, went out trying to raise some money and, and got got some money raised and and went after it. It's all history from there, yeah. huh? Yeah. yeah. So it was really kind of out of necessity. You guys had this stranded this stranded asset, no way to uh, get the get the gas to market. Um, you know how how did that process go back in the early days? I think you said it was 2018. Mm-hmm. Getting a mindset up. I mean, did you guys have any? uh experience with bitcoin or bitcoin mining you know how was ordering the asics like figuring all of that out yeah i mean so you know i was i was looking after all of our day-to-day operations at the company and um to be honest i didn't care 
or even really want to learn at the time anything about Bitcoin mining. Like we just looked at, you know, can we get a company in to help us get this set up, you know, get rid of this product. We really just want to, you know, get rid of and get our oil production online. And so it wasn't until, you know, we kind of had it running and we're digging into it a little bit and trying to understand, you know, what, what is it that we actually have out on our site now? Let's dig into this a little bit more, um, especially during 2020 when oil prices dropped and, you know, we were having some various issues out in our location where, you know, oil prices were low. We had, you know, hole in the tubing or, you know, broken rods. We had to get a rig out there. But on top of a, a well that's down, you got a Bitcoin mine that's down. And you're like, okay, well, let's let's dig into this a little bit more and see what we're sitting on. And it's what really once we started digging into more and trying to figure out, you know, what we really had on our location. It's like, hey, there's an ability to do this probably on a much more grand scale than what we're doing currently on this location. And let's see if we can... Uh, improve upon this or build it you know bigger basically yeah did you guys run into like issues i mean talk about all the issues that you have in oil and gas you know from a mechanical <laughs> standpoint and then you introduce this new type of uh surface facility that's you know very uh electricity driven and you start having you know computers and you know just it related issues <laughs> yeah. you know what are like the, the growing pains that you guys learned yeah You're in those right. early days so, yeah, Ryan's got a good take on that. He he's talked about this actually a few times, just about the difficulty on a mining operation versus the risk we take on some of the wells that we yeah. I mean, in the past. I don't think I want to like downplay anything that we're doing on the Bitcoin side of thing because it's not just go up, throw it up, and you're you're fine, yeah, right? Yeah. But uh, you know, I think oil and gas guys can definitely relate to the, especially on the operation side of things, like the extreme amount of risk that we try to mitigate every single day, and it's like in planning you got to make sure your geology is right you got to you know as you're getting ready to drill you got to make sure you've got water sourced and ready to go drilling there's obviously an insane amount of risks that take place completions there's an insane amount of risks everybody's after you're finally done the frack they're like all right things are good and it's like oh wait we still got to drill out and you know there's people sticking coil all day long mm -hmm. trying to drill plugs out and then getting your well online having to make sure your facilities are running properly like there's an infinite number of things that can go wrong on the oil and gas side. And, you know, when we're taking a look at the Bitcoin mining operations, like, yeah, there's, there's definite things that you've got to make sure you're doing right. But uh, comparing it to, you know, bringing a well online, it's, uh, it's definitely, that's one thing we, we try to talk to oil and gas companies and they're like, we don't want to deal with this. You know, it's, it's in over our heads. This is too <laughs> complicated. And we're like, guys, it's not shit like, compared to what you yeah, do. <laughs> we, you're drilling, you know, two miles down and yeah. two miles out. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I think there's like, you know, like Chuck was like, you know, at the end of the day, it's plugging computers in. You have a lot of smart engineers at these. I was like, well, I don't think it's as easy as just plugging yeah. in computers. Like there's definitely more nuance than that. But then it's like on the other side, you know, I, I talk to Chinese miners and take them to some uh, gas locations. And, you know, I think they oversell a little bit of how complex it is. And I'm like, guys, oil and gas is like, most people don't understand the physics behind oil and gas and just how amazing it is uh, yeah. that the operations that, that we carry out in this industry. I'm like, there's a lot of smart motherfuckers in this industry yeah. that can figure out mining if you give them, give them enough time. And I mean, you guys obviously proof of that. So a um, very different set of problems for a very similar type business model, but it's it's a whole new set of problems here. Like Brian's dealt with all kinds of operational risk and drilling risk and all this for you know ten years, but then uh, to package that all up and you're kind of trading it in for this new industry that we're going in, even though they're somewhat related, 
um, the luxury is that it is the same business model, but it's a very different set of problems that he's dealing with now. Yeah. We should talk about that some because a lot of people in this industry have a hard time still wrapping their heads around Bitcoin mining off of Nat Gas. I mean, still really early yeah. in the game. I mean, it, it's crazy when you have people like us that have been talking about it, doing it since 2017, 2018. You know, that was four or five years ago, but we're still in the infancy of the oh, idea. Yeah. And so people are still trying to learn it, b about it, which is no problem at all. Like I love teaching people about it. But I think one thing that's really interesting to me is how similar Bitcoin mining is to being an EMP. And we were just talking about this before we got on the mic is like, hey, you have two inputs that are really crucial to the business model. And that's the underlying commodity price, which is Bitcoin or oil and gas. Yeah. And then what's the difficulty to mine and extract that? You have, you know, difficulty for Bitcoin mining and then mm -hmm. difficulty, you know, on an oil well, you know, what's the what's the drilling and completion? Like how complex is it to get it out? And so very similar there. Yeah. And then you start using external financial instruments to hedge and it starts to look a lot like the EMP game. Like Bitcoin mining is very similar to mining yeah. hydrocarbons. Yeah. And I even like to think of like the difficulty in Bitcoin as like a type curve out over time on your well, like a natural mm -hmm. decline, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, it's something that you can look at as that's kind of one of the ways I look at it is like, you know, you, you've got wells that start off on a hyperbolic decline and, you know, they're going to be first year decline, X percent, second year, you know, and they'll, they'll start flatlining out and you know that you know, Bitcoin's kind of on cycles of that though, as opposed to just, you know, but it's basically like drilling new wells almost though. So it's, that's really that's, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I haven't made that analogy to think of it in terms of type curves, but that's, yeah. that's a perfect way to look at it. So for you guys, you know, I, I think Ryan, you made a tweet the other day that was really interesting to me. It's kind of going off in the left field, but, um, you posted a picture out in the middle of the night, you're out on the lease, uh, working on the miners because you had noticed that hash rate had dropped. And so there, yeah. there was some issue. Uh, tell us a little bit about that story. Well, like I said, I've been in operations my whole career. So I'm used to middle of the night phone calls. Um, you know, getting a, when you got 24 seven operations going on, but I was actually out, it was a couple of weeks ago, Justin called me. I was I was out chasing antelope around. Uh, <laughs> I live up in Wyoming, so it's hunting season right now. Uh, so I was chasing some antelope, and he gave me a shout and said, "Hey, we we lost a generator. We've got you know a couple containers down. We need to get get somebody out see what's going on. You know, we lost some hash rate, and you know that's it's kind of the same mentality. It's you know it was six or seven o'clock at night or whatever it was, and this only happens on the weekend, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's, it's the same as same as oil and gas. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Very, very <laughs> much. You know, our our site's in a really remote area. It's it's three and a half hours from my house to get out there. Um, it's very remote where we're at. There's there's honestly no houses, no towns, anything near it. Yeah, and uh, you know we're we're running the show out there. Like it's it's all right. Well. I'll head out there and see what's going on and get it fired back up. So what did the know, issue end up being? Um, at the time on that one, we were just having, it was just an engine sensor mm -hmm. that we were having an issue with on a generator. That, okay. So uh, on the gen set. Oil right. sensor issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we've got it taken care of. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, what, run, but. there was an interesting comment. I don't know if you saw this or not. I think it was from uh, my buddy Dom on Twitter. Um, but he made a comment like I didn't think about using um, miners and looking at hash rate as almost like a flow meter for yep. net gas production, too. So it's almost another way like, you know, yeah. 
it had nothing to do with the miners why you lost hash rate you know it actually traced back to the uh the gen set yeah and so i thought that was a really interesting concept too like it's just another kpi that you can mm. keep track of to yeah exactly. monitor overall performance and yep. it kind of feels like being a pumper again you know i used to <laughs> i used to pump wells uh in summer growing up and so i think it was gideon powell or somebody had made a comment on twitter that day too it's like you know what do we call uh you know bitcoin miners and oil and gas that are like pumpers you know that are going out to the yeah out to the wells to fix Dude, it i so. think we got to call them pumpers just yeah. as like homage yeah. to yeah. like exactly. we should just make that a thing like just call them pumpers <laughs> yeah something that's like completely irrelevant to I, bitcoin man, mining like but like someday like someone's gonna ask like why do they call us pumpers and <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So how is it, you said that, you know, y'all's mine up in Wyoming, uh, really remote, you know, three hours plus from your house. How was that with, um, you know, the, uh, the IT and support, um, one, actually let's, I've got a question that someone just asked me yesterday that maybe y'all can answer. They were really curious about, uh, bandwidth, uh, speed and connectivity out on mines. And I told them my gut reaction is that speed probably isn't as important as just connectivity and latency and uptime. Yeah, latency is um, the big one. Yeah. yeah, can y'all speak on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we're lucky that, uh, and Justin, feel free to jump in. I don't want to take the whole thing, but. No, you're, um, you're the ops guy, man. A lot of our, <laughs> you know, communications, we're, we're working with a company out of Wyoming that uh, has handled all of our remote, remote communications whether it be on our drilling rigs, on our frack fleets, anything um, all around Wyoming. So these guys have got, you know, pretty much anywhere you are in Wyoming, they can hook you up. And that's how the whole industry's worked for years, right, is working in remote areas, but being able to be connected all the time. And so uh, we're actually bringing fiber from Casper off of Casper Mountain, pinging it off of another mountain called Pumpkin Buttes, and then pinging that back to our site so it's all through radio. Nice. And, uh, so, you know, we've got super fast internet at our site. You've actually, um, are you on Verizon, Justin? Yeah, I am. Yeah. So you get no service on our site. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but then we've now got we a, do though. Yeah, we, yeah, we do we, now, but yeah. I mean, yeah. when we first got yeah. out there, we had the, you know, all the miners running and we're connected to the pool. Everything's working great. <laughs> the miners, guys can't even you put can't phone calls call out of our yeah. site. Yeah. yeah. We can't send a phone call except from this one hill that's out there, not too far away, but yeah, we can mine Bitcoin. I got to come see this mine sometimes. So I actually worked, yeah. I've worked up in Wyoming quite a bit. Uh, one location I remember specifically was in Wamsutter. So I don't know like how, I don't know geographically, you know, where that is. Located. Yeah. We're, we're in like central Wyoming. Yeah. Is okay. Kind of where we're at. Cool. Yeah. If, yeah. You know, it, depending on how much we want to release as to where we're at. But I just I mean, don't feel like I've ever been to the nice parts of Wyoming because everywhere <laughs> I've been is always just like shitty and so windy. Well, it's either hot or cold. Ryan's Twitter and saw his what looks like a Pottery Barn uh, advertisement, you, Sheridan, yeah. you would know Sheridan is one of the pretty parts of Wyoming. I know, I see that. I'm yeah. like, yeah. it's not the parts of Wyoming I've been yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my strategy for getting a house and you know, some land in Wyoming was uh, overlaying a wind map over the state yeah and yeah. Uh, if you do that you can find some little pockets that that have very low wind in comparison well to it's crazy because i grew up in west texas like we have high wind there right yeah and then i go up to wyoming and i'm like literally i cannot keep my hard hat on <laughs> i get just yeah. constantly just taken off across location i'm like jesus christ man yeah. the wind here is terrible yeah there's so, it depends where you're at. There's there's some there's some wind. I mean, in some places you don't even want to say wind. It's called the W word. You know, like if you say it, people <laughs> are going to be like pretty upset. You can't say yeah. it's forbidden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one thing that I like about Jay is the mindset that you guys have towards the business model, and you know, a lot of I think everyone that uh, talks about 
Bitcoin mining off of Nat Gas, I would say 99.9% of people automatically go to Flared. Yeah. Flared Gas, Stranded Asset, ESG, it makes sense. Hey, if we're burning off this gas, we might as well um, convert it into Bitcoin and unlock value out of it. My take is, and it really didn't take me a lot of time to get to this thought process, was it's not scalable. And you guys came to that same conclusion. Let's dive into that a little bit. And, you know, a lot of people, like, they don't think about, hey, we just take this shit straight off the tap out of a pipeline and buy gas and mine with it. So let's talk about that some and how you guys kind of came to that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Like you said, we kind of told you how we came to the conclusion and looking at things and just wanting to scale up. And Brian's done a lot of numbers on some of this and just kind of digging into the flare gas in Wyoming in particular. But um, just having worked in operations and oil and gas operations, you know from a scalability standpoint, wells are constantly declining. So that flare is going to decline over time. And if you're always trying to, to... uh, kind of keep up with the flare, the amount of gas that's available by moving machines off of your site, you're not going to be able to be a true Bitcoin miner long-term. We do think there's a great, it's a great product. It's a great um, service that's out there for oil and gas companies to utilize. And, and uh, we offer it ourselves. Um, it's not the only aspect of our business though. And mm-hmm. so we wanted to be Bitcoin miners and that is we felt like the best opportunity to do that off of natural gas is to scale up. And the best place to do that is a residue line or, and a gathering line, large uh, gathering lines coming through over that, that basin that we're in is just a perfect opportunity for us to go out, grab some property out in a very remote location and use a very little amount of gas off that system in order to scale up dramatically faster than what you could by running around chasing, uh, chasing flare wells. So yeah, that was really just, I mean, as we looked at it and it's like, look, you make your, uh, economics work by your scale. The only way we can scale the speed we want and, and keep it there is to buy off a residue line. So that's what yeah. we did. And yeah. I, like, I think our mo- model too, is that, you know, you take a look at having events and what happens you know, before them, after them and everything. And we, we just really see an advantage of being able to scale quickly. So when Justin's yeah. saying scale, he's meaning like, how can we build up our mine quickly now to basically mine as much Bitcoin as we can now before the next halving event? And that's yeah. really, you know, something that we look at as to, you know, part of our strategy. And like you said, the, the flare gas Bitcoin mining absolutely works. Like there's, there's definitely a, a service board out there and there's a place for it it's just for us in terms of us building our model to build up scale quickly build it as big as we possibly can we just looked at you know we're going to be chasing numerous different locations and you have to have the next locations in Mm -hmm. mind as well as to where you're going to go to or like justin mentioned you run the risk of stranded capital where your well declines enough you can't keep your generator fully loaded anymore and now you've got asic miners that aren't being powered and so Mm -hmm. they have to have a home somewhere yeah. And so, yeah, we Work just over look, downtime, all kinds. Yeah. Of and, yeah. and we were like, we mentioned that earlier, you know, we had hole in the tube and broken rods, surface issues, you know, things like that. You're, you're bringing a smaller generator out cause you're not producing enough gas anymore. So, um, if we're an operator, it absolutely has its place and we'd be doing it. But for us, like Justin mentioned, being full-time Bitcoin miners, it's just not the route that we yeah. wanted to go is to continue to chase more and more 
yeah and coming from the emp world you know where we've we were part of a management team at a emp operator the model of uh growing your mind to compare it to like an ep the best way to do that is off of natural gas off a residue line um if we're doing it just off flare we're operating more of a service type company instead of a emp type company so Mm -hmm. that's that to me was the biggest difference for me of like yeah i'm i'm with ryan i want to go do the midstream line and grow as fast as we can and treat it drive down our costs continue to every every day work on driving our operating costs down as little as possible um but but get up and operating because like you said that next having event it feels like it's far away right now it's not that far away yeah. it this things are moving so fast and they'll be here before we know it and yeah. we want to be primed for that yeah so so let's talk about the having here in a minute um a couple things one i love the mindset like you guys refer to yourselves as a bitcoin mining company you're not an emp you're a bitcoin mining company this is what i've been telling emps is like guys you need to get out of the mindset of referring to yourself as an emp look at yourself as a bitcoin mining company you just happen to own the underlying power asset and i think actually i think that you guys are looking at aren't you looking at some sites that are actually not nat gas yeah, we are. Are, yeah so like are. you yeah. guys are actually even agnostic mm-hmm. to power supply like, you know whether it's nat gas, grid, yeah. solar, wind, like yeah. you, you guys don't give a shit. No, yeah, you could get me into a whole nother thing, but um, we're not against any form of energy as long as it's profitable. Because if we really want to get into a situation where, you know, wind and solar and all these renewable type assets are actually uh, feasible, they have to be profitable. And yeah. so. Um, people will not continue pouring money into them if they don't start returning some investment. So, and I think a lot of other people would jump in and say, like, well, un- it has to be reliable too, because you know you'll mm-hmm. you'll say, well, wind or solar, let's call them unreliables. But at the nobody wants to just say that profit is like the underlying reason behind their business. Yeah. But to be honest, like none of these, if any of these systems are unreliable, they're not going to be profitable. Yeah. So, like saying that profit is your number one driver at your company is completely fair and honest. Yeah, because if it's not profitable, it most likely isn't reliable. It most likely isn't scalable. It's funny how controversial of a take that is, is. on Twitter. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, economics run yeah. the world. Like, yeah, exactly. That's how, that's how it works. Well, yeah. I look at Bitcoin mining as the bridge. That, you know, we've talked about natural gas forever being a bridge to a more renewable future. Bitcoin mining is actually that bridge, in my opinion, because that's how you get to those more renewable type of forms of energy through profit building up to that and you can go and build a a solar field or a wind farm and it's not going to be profitable for years and years and years Mm -hmm. you can build it and set it up on a bitcoin mine and wait for the other infrastructure the residential development or the commercial development to come in and still be making profit at that time which is going to lead people to do more activities like that which will obviously naturally grow the more renewable side of, of the energy sector. Yeah, well. that, that's actually, um, like, there's a pretty controversial take on Twitter um, about whether or not Bitcoin is a battery. And I think some people take it a little too yeah. literal. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I see Bitcoin operating as a battery in that sense of, mm-hmm. hey, you can take this renewable asset, you know, say it's a wind turbine farm that isn't going to be economic for years 
And with, through mining, you can unlock value that now from a economic perspective makes that project work. Yes. Yeah. And if the project works, if the numbers work, then the adoption of that energy Absolutely. source works. And so that's how, like when someone says Bitcoin is a battery, like I'm not taking that's like literal, like yeah. fucking storing energy, but yeah. you're storing value and unlocking value yes. from an energy asset that otherwise would have been stranded. And mm -hmm. to your point, I agree with you a hundred percent that right now, you know, you have a ton of money pouring into these projects, but if they don't return capital, that it's not going to, yeah, people aren't going to keep, keep like the world can't operate like that. Yeah. And so I guarantee like you're going to start seeing people start realizing that. And I think mm -hmm. that it is a bridge for the energy transition because once the numbers make sense, yeah. then there can be adoption and more money poured into it. So, um, a couple of things you're talking about the having, um, let's talk about y'all's model a little bit, because one thing that I found talking through these miners is the way that you think about Bitcoin also heavily affects the business model as well, because you have people out there that are looking for a cash arbitrage, say, oh, I can get cheap energy here. I can mine Bitcoin and I can convert to fiat. I've talked to other miners that say, hey, we want to hold as much Bitcoin on our balance sheet long term. Mm -hmm. We want to become, you know, a power player in cryptocurrency. We want to hold Bitcoin. We believe Bitcoin's going to a million dollars a coin. How do you guys think about that? How does y'all's business actually operate? Yeah. You know, are y'all trying to hold Bitcoin on the balance sheet? Yeah. And also sell, you know, convert some to cover operating expenses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, in order to pay operating expenses, you've got to have some other access to capital and uh yeah i mean our mindset is definitely to hold as much bitcoin as we can as a company um but at the end of the day we also have operating expenses too that we we need to no one's taking bitcoin right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, did y'all so see, see lightning network on twitter like that's big news but that's huge like yeah I'm going to tell the people that hate Bitcoin on Twitter, I'm going to start sending them like $5 payments through oh, yeah. Lightning Network. Just <laughs> yeah. like, see how easy this shit is. There are a lot of opportunities, though, for for ways that you don't have to cash your Bitcoin out, um, you know, whether it be loans out against your already mined Bitcoin. You know, th there are certain things. Yeah. So, you know, our strategy is, um, you know, obviously risk mitigation is one of them to make sure that we're not over leveraged or overexposed to, to any downside risk that could completely wipe us out or anything. But at the same time, um, for us personally trying to hold as much Bitcoin, we see that as what, you know, what our strategy was going into this. We yeah. looked at it as, you know, it's an appreciating asset. You know, what, one of the things that Jess and I try to do when we're talking to operators to explain it to them is like, say, look, you can take a molecule of gas, convert it into electricity, mine Bitcoin with it. And let's say, you know, using the latest and greatest processors, you got an S19 right now, if you're, you know, over $30 per MCF realized revenues, mm -hmm. if in Bitcoin value. Well, let's say now that you, you hold on to that Bitcoin for two years and the Bitcoin price, you know, doubles, triples, you know, whatever. But if it appreciates, it's allowed you to have the ability to store that gas molecule like you have a storage cavern and you can sell it at a market price that you want to realize, whereas most operators have never had that luxury in the history of oil and gas to put their gas somewhere else, but to at any point in time liquidate it should they need to. Mm -hmm. 
and potentially have it at a market price that they want to realize. So, I mean, that's, that's an amazing thing when you think about it and that if an operator dedicated some small portion of their gas stream, like, you know, 1%, 5%, 10%, you start taking a look at that and say, hell, you know, how much does Bitcoin need to appreciate before that 1%, 5% or 10% is actually worth more than the 90% that they sold down the line? Like it, you know, yeah. you can start thinking of it that way as trying to capture that arbitrage value. So yeah. that to me is like really one of the most powerful things about it is to think of it that you're, you are converting that gas molecule into a digital form. This episode is brought to you by our partners over at Liquid Frameworks. You know, we talk about all this cutting edge technology every single week. And what's crazy, this is still a lot of EMPs, a lot of oil field service companies are still managing their field operations in Excel and on paper, and it's 2021. That's what's crazy to me. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. It's such a pain, it's time consuming, and all in all, it's just highly inefficient. Luckily for you, Liquid Frameworks has been making people's lives in the field and the back office so much easier for years now. Their field effects platform streamlines communication between accounting, field operations, and office management, all at the touch of a button. Trusted by teams at Liberty Oilfield, Expro, Shaw Corps, and numerous others. So if you're still stuck on paper in Excel and thinking about finally making that switch, which you should, check out the website, schedule a demo. We've actually got a link for you to sign up for a custom demo in the show notes. It's liquidframeworks.com forward slash digitalwildcatters. Liquid Frameworks is also going to be presenting the field effects platform at the Houston Energy Tech Night on October 27th, 2021. So if you haven't registered for that, you haven't been to Energy Tech Night before, come check it out. Come see Liquid Frameworks Field Effects Platform live. You'll be there to meet with the team, ask questions, plus a ton of other really cool technologies. So we'll see you guys there. Go check them out. Yeah, I think, you know, people have a really hard time understanding the concept that something that you can't see or physically hold has value, right? And I mean, this isn't just oil and gas guys. This is the entire world. And yeah. You know, I've been in Bitcoin since uh, 2016, 2017, and it really, even then, it took me a while to like really understand how there was value in the network and what Bitcoin actually was. And so it's hard for people to wrap their mind around, hey, it's not just a number on a screen. Like There's actual tangible value, and just because you can't see it or hold it doesn't, like, there's there's yeah. value in the network, right? And yeah. So getting oil and gas guys to understand that is hard, but I think oil and gas guys are some of the most capitalistic people in the world. And when you just sh start showing them numbers, so we were talking before we started recording, like, I mean, we're talking 30, $35 in MCF compared to like, everyone's elated right now that we got $5 gas, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. everyone's on top yeah, of the world. Can you imagine the rigs you'd see running around if you oh saw 30 God. or $35 in MCF? <laughs> there wouldn't be enough rigs. Yeah, I'm telling enough you, rigs. man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we'd be poking holes in the ground all over the place. Yeah. And so I think that that's how you get them to understand. But then even then it's like, hey, look, you know, you make $30 per MCF. There's still that differentiator between hey, are you an EMP that's looking for cash arbitrage to unlock more value from your gas or are you a Bitcoin mining company yep. and you want to hold Bitcoin on the balance sheet? And I think like I'm a firm believer in the new age EMP. Someone like you guys that say, hey, we're a Bitcoin miner. Mm -hmm. We happen to know own and know how to operate nat gas wells. Like here's the thing is like 
even these Chinese miners, like they can't just come in and buy gas assets. Yeah. Like they're gonna fucking, like, they're yeah, gonna yeah. trash yeah. those assets and blow themselves up. Yeah. Like yeah. a very complex process to operate in that gas yeah. well. So it has to be oil and gas people that do it. But I think you have to have that. We're a Bitcoin mining company. Well, mindset. and I think the, I think one of the thing the obstacles right now for oil and gas companies to dive in the way they want to is obviously it's a new form of you know we'll call it currency um we believe it will be it is a currency in some countries so um yeah it's a new form of an asset right a new commodity that they got to try to figure out and then you factor on top of it uh the traditional way of wiring money and things like that that they've gotten comfortable with because it's just been what it is you know there's not quite the same uh financial tools there are in the bitcoin world as there is in banking at least that they're comfortable with but there's more and more groups coming up that are offering different financial tools that will make it easier for institutions to continue to come into Mm -hmm. uh, bitcoin and really start factoring it into carrying on their balance sheet and all that um but i think that is one of the big obstacles but you know what we've worked with unchained capital and uh, genesis and some other groups that are offering more and more things that i think will make it easier for oil and gas executives to make this a more a piece of their portfolio and yeah piece of their, their yeah. stuff going forward because i mean it is a conservative industry right yeah like we've gotten used to our tools and you know we've you know we go go to school for oil and gas or you know whatever it is but as soon as you come out of school you're taught the oil and gas way of doing things and so that's you know really almost all of us that's all we know and so you try to show them something new and, you know, obviously people are going to be hesitant. And that's really what one of our, you know, our methods is at Jay is it's like, look, we're, we're able to explain this to you guys in a way that helped us understand it and learn mm-hmm. it because we are oil and gas guys. So hopefully we can, you know, explain it to you that you guys can ex- understand it as well because we're trying to speak your language as, yeah. as well. So I think that's helping for sure. I, I think it's helping a lot. And yeah. I think, like you said, the numbers are there. Um, at some point, it's going to be basically irresponsible for a company to not allocate a certain percentage of their gas reserves to mining Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, we look at it as a hedge as well. I mean, we are ecstatic that, you know, $5 on M gas is here, right? Um, but uh, I don't think that that's the long-term spot. I, I could be wrong. Everybody's wrong. I don't think anybody really saw prices doing what they're doing right now. Yeah. But uh, – you know, we know that the higher the prices get, the more wells are going to get drilled. And yeah. so that's going to end up bringing prices down eventually. And yeah. so it's, it's a good way to hedge yourself. I, I like I like the idea of a competitive marketplace. Like, mm-hmm. hey, it's great if gas supply demand is working out to where you have $5 gas, but it's also awesome that, hey, you can make $30 in MCF mm-hmm. over here, and then guess what? You start having equilibrium yeah. between. Yeah. And so now, you know, you're like, I don't give a shit if it's going towards hash rate or if it's going mm-hmm. on the pipeline that's what a free market is yes, right yeah mm-hmm. absolutely so yeah we we same same wavelength as you're talking man. so there's a couple of i've been over here like typing up some notes as <laughs> yeah, like, else i forget there's a um, couple comments that i see on twitter a lot the other day someone uh so i tweeted out that i had dinner with an engineer over at eog that is running a bitcoin mine for them in new mexico and one of the comments that I got was like, oh, that's a great fucking look for a public company to be using uh, energy to mine a fake cryptocurrency. Right. 
like my rebuttal is like how something that has a trillion dollar market cap how do you still think that that's fake yeah first off we, like, and we run my, into that all yeah. the time <laughs> i'm gonna let justin speak to this more because yeah. I, I think he's because this like this is gonna be something that you guys have to deal with 100 yeah. percent. like people like you know that they're gonna once this idea really gets legs under it and gains traction people are going to be coming out of the woodwork saying like oh you're using our nation's resources to yeah. mine a fake cryptocurrency yeah. or you're killing the environment to mine crypto the fake cryptocurrency yeah. and like these people still don't believe that there's value yeah. in the bitcoin yeah. network i mean yeah. i'll jump in yeah. quick but i'll and i'll let justin take because i think justin when speaking as to like you know the esg side of mm -hmm. bitcoin um a lot of people just focus on the e and not the S or the A G. lot, I think everyone. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, and I think yeah. Justin yeah. Can, can really speak to this pretty good. But, um, you know, it's funny, like we had a meeting a few weeks ago with a, it was a public company who had just hired a chief sustainability officer. Yeah. And we had a meeting with the CEO, the COO, and the chief sustainability officer who was new to the company. And he just said, look, guys, honestly, if we're not flaring the gas, um, we just can't dedicate gas to Bitcoin mining. Um, because, you know, we just can't justify burning it into a generator, even though you've got catalytic convert, you know, you're, you're making sure that your emissions are lower than it would be on a flare. And then I just said, look, where are you selling your gas to? And he goes, you know, he explained where it's heading to. And I go, what is that power plant that your gas eventually gets to? What, what are they doing with it? He goes, well, they're, and then he stops himself and he goes, I, I see where you're going with this. And I go, yeah, they're burning it to create electricity. Scope two and, and scope three emissions are a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, and look, if if the demand responses aren't that high at the time when that gas is being burnt, it's going to be wasted. It'll be a wasted electricity. And so I'm like, so you're telling me that you can't do, as part of your company's strategy, what people downstream of you are doing with your product. Mm -hmm. Even though you could capture a higher profit for your shareholders. So you're saying that you just that's not a path you can go down. And he goes, I I get where you're going with this. Yes, it's it's a valid argument. And he just goes, it's very tough in to make people understand on the investment side of this. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. basically to everyone focuses on the E. Yeah. But my thing is if you look at the S and the G, yeah. it's like don't we have a duty for society to unlock value from our nation's yeah, resources? And that's like Justin here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean so the other day, and I encourage anybody who's listening to attend the Houston Bitcoin meetups. They have them once a month. And uh, this last one, I think it was last week. My days are literally running together, but it was, I believe it was last Wednesday. Yeah, last Wednesday, yeah. I'm sorry. And um, I, I, I was speaking to that on the panel was basically that instead of looking at, okay, Bitcoin mining, it's not, it's anti-ESG is the rhetoric, basically. Um, and we're looking at the E in that only, just as you said. Um, but there, and we look at it from a global standpoint as well. We're not looking at it just, you know, regionally for the Powder River Basin or mm -hmm. for, you know, the Delaware Basin or whatever. It's a global problem, climate change, right? And so why are we not looking at what that gas is being used for and what it does for people globally instead of just the environmental side on a global scale? You've got to look at the S and the G on a global scale as well. And I'm going to continue to delve into this and dive into it and, and research it more. But if you look at what Bitcoin does for people around the world, the living governments that are corrupt, that manipulate their currency, that withhold banking opportunities from their, their uh, individual citizens, 
And then just look at people in poverty, not only around the world, but even here that don't have access to banking systems. Bitcoin has an opportunity to replace that for individuals around the world. And it, and it is doing that now. Um, I'll give you examples that back in the financial crisis in 2008, 2009, uh, Greece was not allowing people to take out more than $16 a day of their own money. And so w there's situations like that around the world. And we ignore that because it's not on the minds of the agenda for some groups. They want to attack it all from the climate change front. And I think if you really spent time boiling down, you could find what the real agendas are as well. But um, I do think that, look, we're, we are for being environmentally responsible. We are completely. We have no problem with that. Like I said, we're for all forms of energy if they're profitable because that's the only way they're truly going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to stop looking at the ESG kind of scorecard by only identifying what the E score is. The each molecule of gas or each you know measurement, each kilowatt that is used to power Bitcoin mine, we need to see, all right, what is the impact that that is having on the populations around the world that are utilizing this technology for feeding their family. I've visited with a guy after, uh, after the meetup meet up the other day um, from Venezuela, and he came up and he said, thank you. What you said is exactly what we did and what we're doing now. And it was basically that people are mining there off little S9s. Some of them are mining other alt currencies as well just to feed their families yeah. by basic necessity. And so um, that's why... I, you know, both parties should embrace what Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining in particular can do. Because just like I was saying about expanding, like, you know, making projects profitable, this expand, you can expand the grid, bringing power to people that don't have access to electricity currently. There's so many cases that you can do. There shouldn't be a political stance no. as to why Bitcoin mining is bad or you don't like it. Because if you look at both sides of the spectrum, it's like if one is more to help the people, well, Bitcoin helps that. If yeah. one is to be a capitalistic, well, Bitcoin helps that too. So how, how, how can one party or both parties even be against it? Like it's a apolitical thing. Here's what I've always told people about Bitcoin is I think it's really hard for Americans to understand the value proposition of Bitcoin mm -hmm. because we're privileged. We yeah. are. We have access to banks. We never been in a situation where governments are making run mm -hmm. on our money. Like people think like tinfoil comes out all the time when I talk about 401ks and things of that. I'm like, man, I feel like those are forced savings sometimes for like yeah. if the government ever needs to make yeah. a run. And you've seen that happen in other countries, right? But here in America, we've been very blessed not to have to deal with those things. You know, I talked to a Bitcoin miner the other day in uh, Argentina. And he's running a mine off of nat gas. And his thing was, you know, he's like, my regulatory risk I deal with, he's like, I have to worry about which political party's in because yeah. if it's the other party, they may seize all my assets and right. my bank account. He's like, you guys don't have to worry about that yeah. in the US. And I'm like, shit, man, like, don't. Like, yeah. We're yeah. worried about, hey, does this make sense in the numbers? Like, <laughs> yeah. we don't have to worry yeah, about exactly. if someone gets elected and, and seizes our assets. Mm -hmm. And so it blows my mind when I see people on Twitter talking shit about bitcoin or celebrating when it goes down because every single person should be rooting yes. for bitcoin yeah. and because you're here in the u.s and you went to a tier one or mm. top tier 
private university and you have access to a bank account, like you don't give a fuck about other people mm-hmm. around the world, fuck you. Yeah. Like I, I mean, can't stand the that. biggest yeah. risk for people are in legacy financial institutions, you know, where people will start pivoting or moving into you know, more of the Bitcoin space and the people that don't move there fast and adopt it early and are the last ones kind of standing, they're probably going to be the ones at the most risk. Yeah. But, and then like going back, I, I think I saw something today or yesterday that, you know, El Salvador now has more people using um, the Bitcoin right now than they do have people that actually have bank accounts. And it's been, what was it, September? Was it, It's been a month now, not even a yeah. month that they instituted uh, that? Yeah, a couple. Yeah. 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 Which is incredible. Yeah. It's, you know, just what it can do for people around the world. And then even like people think that Bitcoin doesn't have utility. And I'm like, look, I've sent two five-figure transactions international this is like i don't know let's say 2017 2018 kind of when i first started getting into bitcoin i just want to try it and it was the easiest transaction i'd ever done like i can't go to the bank and make a swift wire transfer like that without a like i have to go down to the bank it's a pain in the fucking ass this took me minutes cost me pennies (laughs) i'm like that's the utility right there like and you know i i was uh there's a couple of guys on eft the other day that was um just talking like I talk to people one by one, especially these oil and gas guys. Like they don't understand Bitcoin. It's like, hey, let me just tell you my perspective. And, you know, they they brought up gold. And I'm like, what's the utility of gold? Oh, well, it's used to make watches and jewelry. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Utility of gold yeah. is to make jewelry. Yeah. yeah. Something that's yeah. not necessary yeah. to tell life. Me what has more of an impact? Yeah. Making yeah. jewelry for people or yeah. supporting so the network? I go, I go down the list. Of exactly. utility yeah. and value that Bitcoin has. I was like, mm-hmm. that's the difference yeah. between gold yeah. and And I do the Bitcoin. same thing too with like, you know, um, wash or dryers. Like, yeah. You know, there's the same amount of power being used in the United States to power your clothes dryers as there is the entire Bitcoin network. So which one has more utility? Yeah. Like it's the conversation stops there. Like it's yeah. literally there should be no further discussion on whether Bitcoin's consuming too much power. Yeah. yeah I and the one thing like, the oil and gas industry doesn't realize is that I wholeheartedly believe that people within the oil and gas industry still don't realize um, the power of an MCF. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I think people have just gotten accustomed to, you know, we make 30 million cubic feet a day here. You know, we, we send a BCF down this line. They don't truly see what the downward impact is what on the power, power density plants and of stuff. that. Yeah. But, you know, if you're making four plus you know, kilowatts per MCF, you start taking that into consideration. So some of the largest miners, public mining companies in the world right now, like let's say they're at around 100 megawatts and some are scaling bigger than that, um, have plans to go, you know, significantly bigger, but a 100 megawatt company right now is an upper echelon public Bitcoin mining company. Well, 100 megawatts converted back to natural gas is 24 million cubic feet, which we can drill one Haynesville yeah, well. We can drill one Utica, one Marcellus well. That's one well worth we the gas. We got five of those yeah. on one pad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally, we were talking about this the other day. We have, you know, I worked at Indigo Minerals for a while. Great company. We loved them. Uh, I know they're, you know, got uh, ate up by yeah. Southwestern, um, which Southwestern stock's killing it today, by the way. Just, I think all energy yeah, stocks are, yeah, man. Yeah, they're like 21% today. Yeah. last I checked, so I'm, I'm all right with that. But, um, but yeah, the, I mean, we would drill a five-well pad. With you know, all of them IPing at over 25 million a day. And I mean, that could run 
a yeah. huge mine. One of the yeah. largest, definitely the largest natural gas mine in the world. But but um, it would be one of the largest mines. Yeah, and so I just time. don't think that the oil and gas industry even totally appreciates. So when I was saying earlier, like you could dedicate 1%, 3%, whatever. Like I truly mean that, that you dedicate such an insignificant amount of your gas to Bitcoin mining and it could still be a very relevant size Bitcoin mine. Yeah. in the grand scheme of at things. At minimum, you should be doing it as a hedge, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like at yeah. minimum. Yeah, like totally. even if you're not if you're not full on, hey, we're a Bitcoin miner, you should be doing it as a hedge. Yeah, I don't think people understand, you know, how little gas it actually takes yeah. to to get it up and running. Yeah. I was going to tell you a, a com or a thought I had earlier where we were just talking about Bitcoin mining um, enabling renewables. Mm. I'm literally going through this thought process right now because I want to get solar plus battery at my house just because I think that we're going to have um, instability in the grid in Texas mm -hmm. and I'll yep. pay a premium yeah. to be self-reliant and I'm have access to power. Right now too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, yeah. oh shit, what if I get a couple of ASICs here running? You know, I've seen uh, the boys over on Twitter. They built their uh, their box, their like soundproof box for yeah. the ASICs. I'm like, man, I'd have that running out on the back patio. Yeah. And like, will that start like, from an economic perspective because <laughs> like for me and also like i don't look at it as cash arbitrage like i'm the same way like i just want to accumulate bitcoin on my balance sheet so mm -hmm. i'm even looking at that like just for a distributed power system at my house like hey can i make this make more sense mm -hmm. if i get a couple of computers here mining yeah. so i think you take that idea and extrapolate it over bigger commercial yep. uh, mm -hmm. wind and solar farms that that makes sense I know a question that a lot of people have um, around Bitcoin mining is how mineral owners are handled. And so I would love to yeah. ask you guys, and I'm not sure how minerals work up in Wyoming, um, but obviously, you know, you guys are familiar with uh, different states. And the one of the combative comments I always get is, oh, just fuck the mineral owners, right? Like, I'm sure they're not mm -hmm. getting paid anything. And I've seen people that are doing this that are paying mineral owners spot of what they'd be getting if it was going mm -hmm. into the pipeline like how do you guys think about this so that is actually i'm actually on a panel for the uh national energy young i gotta get the name right did all but, these uh, all these associations so i'm like hey look i'm not gonna yeah. like the acronym's too much for yeah, me i'll just yeah. i'll show up <laughs> but i'm excited about it it's it's a, it's a big one and i'm glad they're having me um i'll get it right and i'll i'll give them an apology that i get right on this, but, uh, it's next month and um it's about that very issue oh it's one of the topics that will come up but uh when we were at century that was one of the things that you know we had to evaluate as well when we were putting the one out on our site and um you know i i've I'm a land guy by background. I'm an attorney. I've worked, you know, pretty much exclusively in oil and gas. And so, uh, the way I looked at it, and after you know consultations with other guys about the same kind of situation, uh, we're in an unknown world with that, right? Um, I think any time that people start hearing about the type of money you can make from this, uh, they're going to find a way to kind of get their foot in the door and want to have that conversation at the very least or get a piece of it, most likely. Um, so the way we looked at it is that those leases for the most part, and I think you're going to see this change with new leases going forward. People are aware of this mm -hmm. landowners are so much more savvy than they used to be. Um, and they're going to want to get a piece of that, but assuming you're under some vintage leases or, you know, pre 2018 lease, most likely you didn't address cryptocurrency in it. And probably even after that, you haven't, but yeah. Um, going forward, we think we anticipate that being something, but, um, we look at it like, look, your lease entitles you to royalties from hydrocarbons. 
Um, and I believe in an effort to mitigate your risk and also in order to be fair to the landowners, you should pay a reasonable rate for that, a market rate for that. So uh, what we, for the gas that would traditionally be flared, right? Um, what we did was that very thing. We had, we were selling gas on another asset um, and it actually would be more, we were paying them more than what we would have put, paid for them had we put that one line in that was going to be economic. Um, so we paid them for every molecule that we flared, we paid them the equivalent of what it would have been royalty wise had we sold that gas Yeah. and based the price on what we were getting at the other market. And uh, I think that is number one, without going too deep into like the legalese of it all, you're basically making them whole for what their lease entitles them to. Mm -hmm. What you're contractually obligated to do, you're making them whole for it. And um, I'm sure some, uh, you know, plaintiff's attorneys would probably disagree and want to have that conversation. But uh, I do believe that that is the way to handle it. And you're basically mitigating your risk going forward to put the burden on the other side to show why they're entitled to proceeds that you receive for an activity that you're using that gas for that they're being paid for. Because at that point, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier. How far down do you draw that line? Because well, that gas I was about to say, like, you don't go to Exxon's refinery and yeah. say, oh, you own What are you uh, using your gas for? Yeah, 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 no. Like, all we're doing here is just transferring the yes. downstream activity from our refinery mm -hmm. to on pad, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so arm's length transaction. Yeah. Be fair. Uh, treat the royalty owners correctly under the terms of their lease. And and uh, you shouldn't have an issue. I, I do think, though, going forward, I mean, landowners, are, they're not... I mean, if I was an attorney, I'd be negotiating that into every single lease. So yeah, I mean, look, I mean, this is one this is one thing that I see as being the issue with like JVs between miners mm -hmm. and EMPs is mm -hmm. that like you saw this in midstream and upstream, like no one's gonna get fucked on a deal, right? Like yeah. dealing with a bunch of smart people. So yeah. if one party yeah. sees that you're just banking and rolling mm -hmm. in over here, like they're always gonna want to get in on it. And so I think that that's why you won't really see you had this window of JVs as mining as a service, essentially, that could help out EMPs. Mm -hmm. But moving forward, I think you have to be a Bitcoin mining company that owns the yeah. underlying energy asset because you need to remove third parties. Yeah. You're, you're never going to get around the mineral owner one. But I think that's a very – well, even with that, I mean, if you own the minerals, yeah. you own the minerals lease as well. So that, that's where you start getting to, quote-unquote, free gas. I hear free gas all the time, Twitter and everybody talking about – Stranded yeah. <laughs> gas and all this. I'm like, oh, yeah, free gas. I'm like, there's no such thing as free gas. Yeah. You're not getting free gas. You know, like working with like Chinese miners, like, I'm telling them, like, okay, this is when it's going to be. And they're like, wait, I thought we could get free, free yeah. gas. I'm like, like, dude, is anything in this world free? Yeah, you yeah. think you're going to get, like, they fight wars over yes. energy. You think you're yeah. going to get free <laughs> energy? What the fuck's wrong with you? They realize, yeah. like, somebody had to drill that hole to yeah. get it out. Yeah, they're going to exactly. get their money back. In order exactly. to get approval to drill that well, they had to yeah. show yeah. their economics <laughs> and yeah. how they were going to sell their product. Yeah. You know, like, well, you know, this is just something that I'm really excited about. Um, you know, I think it's, Actually, one of my investors in Digital Wildcatters is an investor in uh, Bitcoin mines, and he's from a management team. And you know, him and I were talking. He thinks that Bitcoin mining is the new shale. And I mean, this is coming from a guy that made a lot of money off a of shale, right? Right. And so you have smart people that are seeing it. Yeah. And I think right now, um, you know, Chuck and I talk a lot, a lot about this, but there's a deficit or a vacuum in the equity space mm -hmm. and capital space. And I know you guys 
you know, y'all are constantly raising capital for new projects. Mm-hmm. So y'all can probably speak on this a little bit, but the capital side is still trying to wrap their, yeah. their head around. And I think what's interesting is like, is you go to the oil and gas investors and pitch it's, this idea to them, or do you go to the, crypt, about you go to the yeah. crypto guys yeah. and say, Hey, we've got, we understand how to power these things and get the capital yeah. from them. So I think that's kind of an interesting dynamic in the industry right now. Well, and I think that that is one of the areas where there's been just a lack of communication or understanding from the groups. I mean, you get a lot of, like Ryan pointed out, oil and gas is a very conservative industry. And, um, you know, it's very used to having things done a certain way and, and all that. Um, Bitcoin mining and just crypto in general is more of a, kind of new techie type of endeavor and so when you're going in to talk about these kind of tech uh ventures to an oil and gas group you know they're like ah i don't know about that this you know this we're oil and gas guys and then you get the other side of it you got oil and gas guys coming in to talk to these crypto type vc groups and they're like ah we don't want to touch oil and gas we don't want anything to do with that yeah so it's really a lack of You have very different people in those two industries. And I, not to go give Jay a plug, but I do think that's something that Ryan and I actually bring to the table uh, in Jay in general is just that, you know, we have been executives at oil and gas EMP groups and raised money with two different groups now and three counting Bitcoin mining stuff. And actually like five, if you factor that in, raises from multiple places. But, um, but yeah, we've got experience on both sides of that. And I think it just gives a little bit more comfort to some of these oil and gas type groups that are wanting to dip their toe in or want to kind of feel the waters out a little bit before they dive in. Just knowing that, okay, these guys come from our space. They know how to talk our language. We know how to put together a presentation that's going to be make sense to them and speak the language that they've been speaking for the past 20 years. Yeah. And the Ryan, groups Ryan's that are going to kill it are going to be the, you know, these groups that have someone already in the organization yeah. that is, you know, Bitcoin maximalist or just, you know, a Bitcoin guy, right? Because they automatically pull him up and make sure that their models and how they're looking at it are correct. Because what we find is a problem is that you you sit down with these guys and you show them the numbers and like, this is fantastic. Can we see your model? So you, you send it to them, you know, and they spend two weeks, three weeks recreating their own model based off yours. <laughs> and then... Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of volatility in the Bitcoin price this year where yeah. it's up and down. Yeah. And a month is a long time. Yeah. And if you're only focused on today and not, you know, down the road and you're making those decisions, it a volatile price up scares people just as much as a volatile price goes down. Yeah. Because your whole model was built on a certain investment. Like this is what an ASIC price is today. Yeah. And then four weeks goes by for them to refine and rescale their model. And then they go, okay, let's sit down and talk about it. We're feeling comfortable. And then you tell them, hey, you got to redo your model because prices are now 35% higher. Yeah. And then they go, well, shit, we don't want to do this. This is, uh, this is just, they can't make a sound decision because there's so much volatility. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's actually something that you deal with in oil and gas too, with volatility. I think it's funny, like, if you like oil and gas and you like Bitcoin, you just like getting kicked in the nuts a lot because there's so <laughs> yeah. much volatility. Oh, yeah. With, yeah. I mean, the most volatile commodities there are, right? Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And, you know, I, I made that tweet the other day about EOG mining Bitcoin because I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah. Like a lot of people like wrote it off like, oh, it's mm-hmm. nothing burgers. Company's been mining for years. I'm like, first off, y'all act like this is like, 
I was like, it's big to me. Yeah. It's big news that EOG is mining because Conoco some, is too. Though. Conoco yeah. is too up in Bakken. I yep. posted a slide of that the other day. And that means that someone internally is thinking about this and they've worked it up the chain, All the way to the top, got yeah. approval for it. And once they start seeing what it's about, like it, yep. it, it takes off. Right. Yep. And so like, if you're one of the people on Twitter that's saying, oh, it's not a big deal. Fuck you. It is a big deal. <laughs> It's a big deal when you it's get these large independents. You're not seeing start. a lot of people that get into it and then go, that wasn't for me. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. they go that's back. A, yeah. That's it's, a really good point. If yeah. you're seeing people getting into it, it spreads like wildfire. Yeah. Like it, it really does. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens over the next, I mean, even, you know, year to two yep. years. I think that you're going to see a lot more talk about it and adoption. Yeah. You, know, you go to these Bitcoin meetups and there's a, heavy presence of oil and gas guys there and girls yeah, talking yeah. about it, you know? So, um, I think that it, it's exciting to say, I wholeheartedly so. believe you're going to see nearly every oil company exposed to Bitcoin by at least holding it at some point, oil's going to be traded in it yeah. or they're actually, you know, mining with it. And I think that it's going to be not just on areas where they have, you know, assets that are challenged to get to the market or single wells that, you know, have a pipeline that needs to be fixed. So they're putting a Bitcoin mine. Like, I truly believe that there's going to be a ton of oil companies that just dedicate some portion of their gas stream and realize like, look, all of our, all of our operating expense for this will be covered by all of our traditional production. Mm -hmm. And this is just pure, you know, appreciating value um, if we hold it. And I I think you're going to see a lot of it. I agree a hundred percent, man. So fascinating conversation with you guys. Um, You know, I I think that, had a few episodes on Bitcoin mining now, a couple over with uh, Coley at Crusoe, which Crusoe's coming mm-hmm. at it from a different angle. So yep. get different mm-hmm. perspectives. Um, you know, I really like, you know, when you made that post the other day out at location during nighttime, <laughs> like I'm like, dude, I fucking love I like Twitter. It too. I love, I love, <laughs> yeah, I, I love <laughs> Twitter. Cause like Twitter's like anti-hustle porn and like, they hate the idea of like working hundred hour weeks, and, like yeah. going off in the middle of the night. And so I was like, I was like anti-hustle Twitter hates him. You know, he's like yeah. posting pictures working in the middle of the night, but like it's like real oil and gas. Yeah. Like that's what you do. Like you yeah, I had Matt Gallagher, you. you know, the former CEO yeah. of Parsi retweet that one. He that was, that was pretty, <laughs> I used to work for him. I was at Parsi for oh, a did while. You? Yeah, but shout out to Gallagher. He's yeah, my so, boy. I love so that, that was guy. great so, to and, see. But yeah, I mean, it's just like we said. That's I think one of our advantages at Jay is that we are oil and gas guys. We've we've lived it, and yeah. there's no job that's too small or medial for us i mean we're loading miners and u-hauls and plugging them in ourselves i love it we're changing filters ourselves like, i love we'll, it so we'll, we're gonna we'll sometime soon i'm gonna link up with you guys i'm gonna come up to wyoming and we're gonna oh, take yeah. some video yeah, out we're gonna go there. walk the mine and i'm gonna yeah. hang out with you a couple couple days see what it's mm-hmm. like operating a mine so, for sure uh if anyone wants to check y'all out where can they find y'all do y'all have a website for jay yeah jayenergy.com okay uh ryan's all over he's a little growing twitter super yeah as i was gonna say ryan's over on twitter i yeah. haven't seen uh justin over there I'm so, yeah, we're just, so like, they're just like kind of like creeping in the shadows he's got, like he's on the phone too much yeah. so like, phone all yeah. Yeah. just yeah. like someone's got to work around here <laughs> exactly. ryan's becoming the twitter superstar so <laughs> yeah. cool so yeah uh if you're on uh eft uh ryan what's your handle over there uh, rg underscore leachman okay jlb underscore oso there you go all right when i when i pump out the episode i'll tag you guys so y'all can find it on my account frack slap so guys appreciate you coming on really yeah thanks for having us yeah absolutely i'm sure you're gonna get tons of inquiries uh from people wanting to know more about bitcoin mining so yeah just hit be, us up be, be yeah. ready for it so all right guys if you haven't already 
Subscribe to the BDE newsletter. Go to digitalwildcatters.com. Sign up for BDE. Check it out on YouTube as well. Chuck and I are doing the live show now, 1030 a.m. every Tuesday. That's 1030 Central Time. So you can find us over on YouTube. We'll catch you guys next week. Come, 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 come.